Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode seven of the podcast, Lisa Page Made Me Do It. I am Lisa Page. Before we jump in, I have to tell you all about my favorite protein bar, the Built Bar. It is life. I've been eating these guys religiously since April. There have been days where I've eaten three, Mm -hmm, confession, but for the most part, I'm averaging about two a day. Yes, two a day. My kids have figured out that I love these bars and now they are trying to swipe them from me. So we have to do something about it. They're so much better in the refrigerator and I have them all sort of like categorized by flavors. I know this is very OCD, but they're in my fridge at the bottom shelf. And I'm thinking now I'm going to have to switch them to a higher shelf where My kiddos can't get them because they don't want any of their badass snacks. I mean, I got so many good snacks for them. School starts next week. We're excited. They don't care. They want my built bars. Like I said, they're 110 calories, only four grams of fat, seven net carbs, no nuts, no soy, six fiber, and 15 grams of protein. I haven't really met anybody that doesn't like the bars. There have been a couple here and there. They're just not down with maybe the texture or the consistency. But I would say overall, we've had a good success rate with people loving these bars. If you type in my name, Lisa, at checkout, you'll get a discount. You can get a sample box. That's what I did the first time around. And now I'm getting them like every month. It's ridiculous. I clearly have a built bar problem, but check them out. I have a feeling you're going to love them too. Builtbar.com. Alrighty, let's jump into episode seven. First of all, I want to thank you so much for listening to this little podcast of mine and rating it, reviewing it, sharing it, and subscribing to it. You don't even know how appreciative I am to you. This week, I wanted to do a Q&A since, you know, every day I get questions. They're all random from food to fitness. Do you get a lot of questions regarding my sleep and how much I get, which is so funny to me. I guess on Instagram, it does seem like I don't sleep because I'm always Instagramming stories at like midnight and then I'm up at 5.15 posting a pic of my coffee. Or if you're really lucky, you'll get me waking the dogs up and they love it when I bust in on them and I turn the bright lights on and wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey, Piper and Miles. They really appreciate that. (laughs) So let's jump in. I did ask my amazing group of ladies in my private Facebook group, Lisa Page made me do it to send over questions and I will answer them. So the first one is from my girl, Amy. What are your grab and go snacks for the kids? And what do you serve for dinner or lunch in the summer? That's easy and healthy. Okay. So this is a loaded question because if you follow me, I really don't cook. I, I have an amazing, beautiful kitchen, but sadly, the only times I really use my oven and my stove are when I'm making pancakes or eggs, something really simple. I'm, you know, heating up a lasagna or we're doing pizza. It's just, it's sad. I know it's shameful. I just never really liked cooking, but we were doing for a while Blue Apron and Stu would do the cooking and he loved it. And I loved it too. It made the whole house smell good. It was always a good meal and he didn't mind doing it. So if we ever start that up again, he'll definitely continue to be the cook and I will clean the dishes, I guess. But as far as grab and go snacks for the kids, you know, we always have cliff bars, but I was telling you earlier in the podcast, my kids are now like loving my built bars. And this is becoming a problem because these built bars are not cheap and I can't go to the store and just pick up another box. So we got to do something about that. But my kids do love the built bars and I'm not mad. I'm not mad if they're taking one or two every few days, but none of this like blueberry cheesecake twice a day business, which Ainsley's tried to pull a few times. I love these bars because they're packed with protein. And I always feel like my kids are getting a lack of protein. So the fact that they are getting the built bars, I'm okay with it to a certain degree. (laughs) 
But also as far as like snacks go, I always have like a fruit salad in the fridge ready to go. Or they love, you know, they love yogurt. They love cheese. We'll do cheese cubes. Lately, it's been the chocolate hummus with pretzel sticks or pretzel rods or sliced apples. They love ranch. They love ranch on anything in everything. They are true Texans because this is definitely a Southern thing. Back up in the Northeast, people would not be dipping their like dinner bread in ranch. But down here, oh, hell yeah, they do. (laughs) So my kids will put ranch on their, you know, chicken sandwiches or will always dip the carrots in the ranch. Zach's favorite is turkey, cheese, and ranch on white bread all the time. We'll go to Subway. Ainsley gets bacon, turkey, and ranch on white bread. That's it. No cheese, nothing. Zach will get ranch, turkey, and cheese. That is it. As plain as can be. So ranch is a big thing over here. Dinner is so random at our house because Stu, my husband, is a vegetarian and he's been a vegetarian for a million years. Sometimes I find it to be annoying because we are all eating different things for the most part. I try and do stir fries, which are good because I love them. The kids will love them. They're all about the, you know, the rice. We'll do like tzatziki in rice and I'll go to Trader Joe's and get their asparagus, mushroom and onion mix. I love that. And we'll throw on some like coconut aminos. And then if Stu wants the protein, he'll do like tempeh or the soy chorizo from Trader Joe's or a cut up veggie burger. And I will do grilled chicken or most of the time it's shrimp, some kind of fish. My kids will do the same. They'll usually eat chicken or salmon. My daughter thinks it's pink chicken. I don't ever tell her it's fish, but she does eat it. Look, if I told Ainsley Jojo Siwa ate it, she eats it. As much as I cannot stand Jojo Siwa, I can get Ainsley to do anything if I say Jojo Siwa does it. But I will usually do like jasmine rice or the brown rice from Trader Joe's, put the veggies and stuff over that, and then we just mix it up with whatever's in the kitchen. We can always fall back on veggie burgers. I mean, there's so many cool vegetarian meals out now that it's not even so bad if I reach for something and I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have this soy corn dog tonight. Like, it's okay. The Morningstar Farm soy corn dogs and the Trader Joe's, not vegetarian, but the Trader Joe's turkey corn dogs are fucking good. I've had a corn dog every day for the past two weeks for lunch. Bible. I swear on my kids. I really couldn't love them more. I don't know what's going on. First the Pez, now the corn dogs, don't ask. The cauliflower gnocchi is so good too from Trader Joe's. This should just be an entire sponsored podcast for Trader Joe's. Yeah, the cauliflower gnocchi my kids will eat. We'll do it with like a tomato sauce and shaved parm. It just depends. Like I am not crazy and I don't get fancy in the kitchen. And you know, if I'm really being straight up with you, we probably hit a drive-thru at least twice a week and it's usually Chick-fil-A. All right, so there you go. Judge all you want. We like Chick-fil-A, all of us, except for my husband, poor thing. Okay, next question. If you weren't in radio, what would be your dream job? I could see myself being a makeup artist or an interior decorator, one of the two, because I love both so much. All right, Leanne is asking, daily workout. Is it the same routine? I know you do spinning, but what areas do you work on? What weights? Oh my gosh, y'all. It's just been Orange Theory, really, for the last five years. Over five years, I have been doing Orange Theory religiously five to six days a week. I mean, I've even been known to go on days I'm sick, ask my husband. When I am not feeling up for Orange Theory, you know, say I'm, I'm going into the fifth day and I'm just like burned out, I will hit my Peloton. I love spinning. 
I got certified to teach spinning. Fun fact about Lisa Page. When I was six months pregnant with Zach and I suck because I never pursued it. I went through the entire course through Mad Dog Athletics. I had to test. I had to ride in front of a teacher, do all the positions, got certified, never taught a class. I'm sort of pissed at myself for letting that slide to be quite honest, but yeah, I will do spinning over the you know course of time that I've been doing orange theory. I've definitely upped my weights. So now I'm finding myself when we're doing like sumo squats, I'm doing like 50 and 60 pound dumbbells. I, and yeah, I feel like a freaking badass when we're doing deadlifts. Uh, I'm usually grabbing the thirties. Brittany is my workout partner. You know, if you follow on Insta, you definitely know who Britt is. And she's been like my motivational partner. She's a trainer at Orange Theory, but we became friends about a year and a half ago. So we work out together almost every day. Yeah. I mean, it's very rare that we're not in the same class together. We are that type. Like we're those girls that will go to Starbucks and break out our iCals and basically just plan out the next month worth of classes. We compare our schedules and just whatever classes we can book together, we do. Plus working out with your friends is so much better. We have the best time. Sure. We probably annoy the shit out of all the other members, but we really don't care. Remember we're over 40 hashtag IDGAF. Next question. Let's see here. I know you've lived and worked in a few other States. What were the pros and cons? Oh my gosh. Where do you want me to be in? We've moved so many times. My husband and I, we met in Connecticut and from there we moved to Tampa, Florida. Then from there we moved to Pennsylvania. We stayed in Pennsylvania for a while. Like, I don't know, probably a good 10 years before we moved down to Dallas. And I would say of all the places that we've lived, I definitely love living in Dallas the most. I feel like I seriously have grown up in this damn state. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, I have a freaking longhorn tattoo the size of my head on my forearm. I love living in Texas. However, I feel like my favorite period of life, my favorite stage of this business for me was in Philly. I loved working at Q102. I loved it. And with the exception of the horrendous winters, Stu and I totally enjoyed living in Bucks County. I was obsessed with my house. We lived on this sweet little street with like five or six houses on a cul-de-sac. We had Phoebe and Miles with our little invisible fence. And, you know, I was working at Q102. And then when I got my job in New York, we just stayed in our house. And I drove two miles over the New Jersey state line, jumped on a New, tra- New Jersey transit train. And both of us commuted into New York for, I mean, Stu did it for, I don't even know, years. I did it for a couple of years. And then when it was time to move to Dallas for Stu's job, we came down here. And ironically, a couple of years before we moved down here, Stu surprised me on a random weekend trip and we came to Dallas. It was right around Christmas time. And I knew from the second we touched down that Dallas, Texas was going to be in our like long-term future plans. And what was crazy was when we got in our rental car, we turned on the radio, 106.1 KISS FM and, or maybe it was 102.9 now. I can't remember, but it was one of the Dallas stations and I heard me. It was my voice. I had done all this voice work for Billy Bush, who at the time, this is so crazy, who at the time was doing the night show I'm doing now. 
How crazy is that? So I did all this voice work for him. We touched down, turn on the radio. It's like Billy Bush, you know, pop crash nights. And that was my voice. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is a sign from the Lord above. We're supposed to be down here. So after this trip, we like, you know, we wrapped it up. I went back up to Philly and like, I wouldn't stop talking about Dallas. And then when the opportunity a couple years down the road came up about moving, I mean, I didn't even think twice. They're like, let's go, pack it up, let's go. And we moved to Texas when Zach was only four months old. So to answer your question, Leanne, my favorite city has been Dallas, but my favorite career period over time was definitely doing radio up in Philly, Q102. Jackie Taylor asks, why Stu became a vegetarian? We have listened to him for years with Glenn Beck, but I forget. So a lot of people assume that Stu is a vegetarian because of like PETA, animal rights. No, 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 no. He is the only conservative vegetarian you will ever know in your life. The real story is when him and I started dating over 20 years ago, bro was on Atkins. Him and Glenn were doing Atkins and they did it hardcore for a couple of years. And then just one day out of nowhere, Stu was like, I cannot eat one more piece of meat. I can't eat one more steak. I can't even, I cannot look at chicken. I'm done. And that was it. Y'all, he just threw in the towel and that was it. He's been a vegetarian for like, I think almost 17 years. And he's not just like, well, sometimes I'll have chicken maybe once a year. He's not like a part-time vegetarian. He's hardcore vegetarian to the point of no fish oil, no gelatin, like none of it. When we go to Mexican restaurants, you know what the first question he asks is if the queso is made with veggie broth. What is the base? Because if it's beef or chicken, we're out. Like we won't do it. Jennifer Woodward asking if the Peloton is worth it. 100% yes. And I only wish that I had it when Zach was a baby because you know, in the middle of moving, he was only four months old. I was just trying to to do some sort of workout. I was running at the time, but if I had the Peloton back then, oh my gosh, I mean, dream come true. It is such a great bike. And not only, you know, do you have all the different rides and the amazing coaches, but they've just added so many more extras to it, like strength classes, yoga, toning, all of it. But here's the thing too. If you don't want to plop down 2,400 bucks for a Peloton, if you have a stationary bike, just get the app. The app is, I think what, $42 and you can ride with the app. My friend Jackie does that. Now, obviously the Peloton is nice because you have the big fat screen. I definitely encourage if you get the Peloton to get the insurance because if your screen cracks after, I think it's the nine month warranty that you get originally with the bike, you're screwed because that screen alone is I think 750. So definitely get the warranty. But yeah, I love the Peloton. And even on days where I feel like I need to take a rest, I still will get on the Peloton and do a 30-minute ride. Robin's my favorite instructor. She is one badass bitch. Where did your strong political beliefs come from? I admire you for them. Also, do you and Stu agree with everything politically? Mm, You know, the thing is with the politics, I am so bad at following along. And I guess that's why it is nice to have a husband that is in talk radio that understands fully and completely do not even try and argue with Stu. He will always win. Trust me. He is a stats and numbers guy and he will rail off crazy studies that you haven't even thought of and he'll school you. But getting back to what I believe and what he believes. Yeah. I mean, we are definitely on the same page with all of it. The one thing that differentiates Stu and I, I think is our level of passion. I say this because I'm not in it every day and he's in it every day. So 
to say he's desensitized is not the right word, but he's not surprised at any of it. He's not surprised at what's happening with these candidates and this silly attempt at gun reform, the Roe versus Wade, Black Lives Matter. This is all stuff he's been talking about for 20 years. So he doesn't get fired up like I do. And that's where we're different. That's where we're different because I am an emotional thinker and I just get so pissed at watching the news and what people are saying and how the mainstream media skews things. It's just, it is so frustrating to me. Uh, And there are definitely times where I feel kind of stifled because I host a top 40 pop culture music show at night. So I can't, I can't talk about this stuff. There are, you know, times here and there that I will say something that will absolutely offend somebody. But you know what? In this day and age, everybody is so hypersensitive. Everybody's offended over everything. There will always be somebody that disagrees with you. There's always going to be somebody that will be upset with your stance, but you got to get over that. You got to. Even my friends, some of my closest friends don't agree with me politically. I don't really give a shit. We try not to talk about it. And if it comes up, I try and change the subject. I don't want to talk about politics. I definitely don't want to talk about politics with my liberal friends. That's for sure. Next question. How do you spend downtime? I, honest to God, don't really have a whole lot of downtime. And I think it's just my personality. I am type A, gotta go, 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 go. We just got new furniture last Friday. I haven't sat on my brand new couches for longer than five minutes, I swear. No, I haven't because I'm always doing something. Downtime for me is in the car when I am early for something. Besides that, like those nice quiet moments in my car, I would say the biggest chunk of downtime I get if I choose to use it is Saturday mornings after I work out because Stu takes the kids and he's been doing this since they were babies. Every single Saturday, he takes them to pancake time and they have this adorable tradition where every Saturday they wake up, they play this game, this cute little secret game I don't know about and they all end up coming up with a, you know a different restaurant that they go to every Saturday. So when he takes the kids, he takes them not for an hour, but like for four or five hours. I'll usually work out at nine o'clock and then from 10 o'clock to, I don't know, one or two, when he decides to roll back home with the kids, I usually like bebop around town. You know, I'll just kind of gallivant through TJ Maxx or I'll go to Home Goods, or maybe I'll just go to Starbucks or I will come home and veg for a little while. So if I could answer this, yeah, okay. Final answer, Saturday mornings is my downtime. I go to bed crazy late. I get up crazy early. I usually sleep around five hours and that's all I need at this point in my life. Ask me in a couple years and I'll probably be like, I need 12 hours of sleep. <laughs> all right, my friend Aaron from Bar Method. Yes, Aaron. This is such a hard question, girl. When you look back on your life thus far, of what are you most proud of, excluding kids, family, and career? Damn, this is tough. Looking back at my life, I'm 41. I am really proud of myself for trying to help these interns that have walked through the doors trying to get into the business. There have been so many times that I you know, would stay later after my shift to introduce the intern to the program director or to the promotions department or you know, hook them up with a couple of salespeople. And at every radio station that I've ever worked at, I've always met someone that I saw so much of me in that like was so passionate about getting into radio would do whatever they could do to just get in the door. 
I could see their drive. And so I would stay later. I would do air checks with them. I would help them, you know, just sort of get comfortable in front of the mic. And I've just always been that way. Now to get into radio today, it's hard as hell. You got to be in college. You got to be getting paid. You got to be getting credits. Like, thank God when I got into this business 20 years ago, none of that counted. I dropped out of college after three months and I just rolled into my hometown radio station and filled out some applications And like two days later, I was interning. (laughs) That's where my career began. So maybe that's it. I felt like I was guided. I had a lot of people that rallied for me. And I always worked with like the best people in the business. All program directors that got me. They understood my personality. They all encouraged me to essentially be your best friend. I'm the girl right through your radio speakers that you can relate to. We all have crappy days and I'm so thankful that I worked with guys, yes, men, who always encouraged me to be real. And you know, if you're having a crappy day, Lisa, talk about it on the radio because somebody's going to be, be able to relate to your story. And that has been my whole thing. I am who I am. What you see is what you get. Okay. I'm as transparent as they come. So getting back to Aaron's question, what I'm most proud of are the life updates I get from past interns or people that I've worked with at different radio stations that I helped, you know, I assisted in their air checks or just encouraging them or listening to them. And now I'm hearing that so-and-so is at this radio station and so-and-so is working at this news channel and Susan's working as the promotions director at a radio station in a top 10 market. So yes, I would say the updates, the phone calls, the messages of these little success stories happening all over the place are really the ones that make me the most proud. All right, last question, and then we're going to wrap this up. We might do a part two if you guys like this podcast. And if you find it boring, well, then we won't do a part two, I guess. (laughs) Uh, When you met and interviewed celebs, any stories or moments that stuck out to you? Yeah, um, there's an artist. Her name is Katy Perry. That was the worst interview. I know I talk about it all the time. She really just, since that day, set the tone. And that's why I really just don't like her. I hate on her a lot. I've never been one to shy away from that fact. She was just obnoxious. She was sarcastic and honestly, really freaking annoying to interview. And I'm not mad that karma came back and bit her in the ass and she's got to pay almost $3 million back to this Christian singer who she blatantly ripped the song from. I'm talking about Dark Horse, if you don't know. I loved Lady Gaga. I loved Rihanna. Both of them I interviewed several times. Gwen Stefani's fantastic, Kelly Clarkson, Jennifer Lopez, everybody. I've never really had a bad experience talking to any of these celebrities. Katy Perry just was the only one that sucked. One of my most favorites is Lauren Daigle. I spoke with her for forever in December. I mean, I had to legitimately wrap up our interview after 25 minutes because we would have went on and on and on and on all afternoon, but I knew she had to get to other stations. Lauren Daigle is a doll. She's a doll. And... I'm taking Ainsley to see her in October. It'll be Ainsley's first real concert and I can't wait. And I'm hoping that we can get backstage and we can meet her again. But Ainsley's going to die because Lauren Diggle's all we listen to. <laughs> Hashtag kitchen karaoke. Hashtag car karaoke. So there's the first batch of questions. If you dug this podcast, awesome. Don't forget to subscribe and share, rate, review. That would be fantastic as always. If you are not so interested in this podcast, I'm sorry about that. 
I'm sorry. Then we won't do another one. But if you were into it, let me know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love doing this podcast. I do. And have you noticed that every week the episodes get longer and longer? Soon we'll be hitting 30 minutes here. (laughs) I'm Lisa Page, and this is the Lisa Page Made Me Do a Podcast. I will talk to you tonight on the radio and next week right here.